1: You think we know everything about Paul Pelosi and Mr. DePap and what actually went down? I know we don't. We don't have the whole story. And it may or may not turn out to be that the government is right or wrong. They put out a criminal complaint just a few hours ago. And I think we should point out at this point, these are just allegations. This is just the government's version of what happened. Now, when has the government let us down Before? got to treat this with an open mind, though. Could be right, could be wrong. It'll ultimately be up to a jury, I guess, right? But the way things are going, I'm telling you, this case is very, very odd. And the oddness started really with law enforcement right off the bat, that morning press conference in San Francisco. I don't think they had gotten their act together yet. Uh, there was just a, a general nervousness and a, and a vagueness that, to me, made no sense, Why were they so nervous? Why were they skirting around basic issues? Doesn't make sense. And then Friday night, did you know there was another press conference on Friday night? Good luck trying to find this one. Um, It's almost been scrubbed from the Internet. Very difficult to find it. I found it in a corner of Facebook. They gave a bit more information. They said they wanted to clarify things. But they only confused the matter and added an ultimate new dimension. Can I see our OTS from a moment ago? We call it the third person. Was there another person in the house beyond Mr. Pelosi and this de Pap character? Well, there may, may very well have been. Listen to this. When the officers arrived
2: and knocked on the front door of the residence this morning, the door was opened by someone inside and the officers observed through the open door Mr. Pelosi and the suspect, Mr. DiPapi, inside the entryway of the home. At this time, the officers remained outside of the threshold of the home, and they observed Mr. Pelosi and Mr. DiPapi each with one hand on a single hammer. It was one hammer that the officer observed. Officers, while still outside of the doorway, Threshold gave commands to both men to drop the hammer. Mr. DePapi immediately pulled the hammer away from Mr. Pelosi and violently attacked him with the hammer.
1: Okay, did you hear what I heard? That there was another person there. You got Pelosi, you got the pop, and you got the guy who opened the door. Now, that's not just me interpreting it this way. Uh, There were some members of the mainstream media. Granted, they have not been particularly publicized. But as late as yesterday, 48 hours after this press conference, one member of the mainstream media was saying on national platforms that there was a third person involved in all this. And who did he get that from? The guy we just heard from.
3: There have been a lot of, uh, of the reports have indicated sort of how police got there and they witnessed the beating at the time and there seems to be a hint that there was a third person in the house you've got some new details on that as well tom what can you tell us
4: Well, that's correct, Chuck. So the police chief came out and did a press conference later on Friday when when most people had uh, uh, already started to go
1: to bed on the East Coast. And and in that press conference, uh, he stated that there was a third person inside the house that opened the door for police when they were called to that house, and that's when they saw the struggle over the hammer. Yeah, so he heard the same thing. Um, But no one else is talking about that. Why not? The chief in this instance, Chief Scott, I believe is, I don't know, I can't quite figure him out. He's been all over the place, making confusing statements, being very vague, being, well, how do I put this? Suspicious, suspiciously vague. Now, when you go to the rest of the mainstream media and Democrats, they heard enough on Friday morning. (laughs) They had enough to hang this on MAGA.
3: This was not a random crime. This was a targeted assassination attempt. This is is more than a crime. This was a targeted assassination attempt.
5: Before the assault occurred, according to this source, the intruder confronted Mr. Pelosi in their home shouting, where is
6: Nancy? Where is Nancy? That's what the intruders going through the hallways on January 6th were shouting, Nancy, Nancy. This is part of the January
5: 6th insurrection toxicity. It reminds me of January 6th, because when the insurrection has broken the Capitol, one of the first places they went was to the Speaker's office. It just shows us the danger that our democracy is in.
4: I worry about my safety constantly. I worry about the safety of my office constantly. I worry about the safety of my colleagues constantly. This was an assassination attempt on the Speaker of the House of Representatives. That's what it was.
1: No, it wasn't.
4: In fact, the government
1: in their complaint, they don't even say that they don't say that this was an assassination attempt. They said that the guy was intent on breaking Nancy Pelosi's knees. I'll go through this in detail in a little bit. There are problems and inconsistencies in this. But first, just the players in this case are they're, they're just off. There's something off about the whole thing
2: this is still a coordinated and collaborative effort between the san francisco police department the federal bureau of investigations the fbi the u.s attorney's office the u.s capitol police and our san francisco district attorney's office led by da brooke jenkins at this time the san francisco police department is still the lead investigation or lead investigating agency
1: well he just got a big demotion it looks like to me This is 72 hours ago, and now he's going on CNN, apparently for no reason at all, because he had absolutely nothing, zero to share, except a lecture for all of us that'll come later. But this is what I mean.
3: We're
6: told investigators have had a chance to interview Paul Pelosi. What did you learn?
2: Well, it's we, we can't share the contents of that interview at this point. And we're working with our prosecutors and we wanna make sure that we are methodical. Uh, Any statements that I put out, of course I'm going to vet with our prosecutors and comply with their requests. And they have asked that we don't share any evidence. Uh, They have asked that we don't share what was learned in, in that interview because they are building their case. And I don't want to do anything to jeopardize their case. You know, as I said, we all want to see this
1: case. uh,
6: I, I understand that. We don't want to jeopardize it either.
1: I don't understand it. And actually putting information out, if you believe it's true, probable cause, you have a duty to present this information to the public. Police departments have public information officers for just this reason. But instead, no. We're not ready for the information at this time. What about a motive? Because we heard all weekend long this was an assassination attempt against Nancy Pelosi. So What about this guy's motive? Can you answer that?
6: What about DePape, though? Can you tell us, is he talking to investigators?
2: Well, we we will make some attempts to talk to him. Um, We have interviewed him at least once, and the investigation is ongoing. So there's a lot left to do in this case, and we're just moving along and doing the best we can to get the evidence that we can get to our prosecutors
6: the interviews are one thing. There's also a slew of other evidence. I know you are collecting and investigating. Have you landed on a motive yet?
2: Well, there again, you know, working with our prosecutors at the appropriate time. They have to prove motive and we don't want to jump out of the gate with so many things left to investigate. We don't want to jump out of the gate too early, make premature statements and then learn something that may be different or contradictory to what we know now. So, yeah, we we have some ideas. We definitely have our our beliefs of what the motives are. But again, in working with our prosecutorial offices, they've been very specific about let's not get ahead of ourselves in terms of getting out there with statements because there is still a lot of investigation to be done here.
1: Get ahead of ourselves. It's been three days. Uh, The mainstream media, Democrats all over the place, attempted assassination. Now, he just said he was interviewed at least once. The criminal complaint says he was interviewed at least twice, but... Motive. Law enforcement. They put it out there. It's standard. And oh, by the way, he's also wrong about the prosecutors having to prove a motive. I mean, anybody who's watched a cop show knows that they don't have to establish motive. But motive is almost always provided by guys like him. At this point in the investigation, it is believed that the suspect was
4: upset with policies and practices of YouTube. This appears to be the motive for this incident. So at this point, our investigation, based on witness statements and uh, the background of those that we've uh, identified, uh, we believe this to be
1: a dispute between uh, Mr. Hussle and Mr. Holder.
2: We have also found a letter on the suspect which made it clear that he came in with the intent to kill Dr. Phillips and anyone who got in his way. He blamed Dr. Phillips for the ongoing pain following the surgery.
1: See, we've all watched enough news to know that this is standard, informing the public, but not with Chief Scott. I wonder what he's thinking. The most basic questions he will not answer, and I think also, on some of them, he's been misleading people.
6: Can you clear it up once and for all, did Paul Pelosi know his attacker? There is
2: absolutely no evidence that Mr. Pelosi knew this, man. As a matter of fact, the evidence indicates the exact opposite.
1: Uh, Does it? Uh, Sorry, but there's police transmissions that say Paul Pelosi called this guy a friend. Now, it may not be totally conclusive, but he called him a friend on this guy's own network, the San Francisco PD Dispatch Network. Listen.
5: RP stated that there's
7: a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. RP sounded somewhat confused.
1: That's an important line. Absolutely no evidence, I, I, he's a friend, but he doesn't know him, doesn't know him well, he's a friend. Um, interesting. We just played this for you. Look at what the mainstream media is doing with this little tidbit over on the Today show.
0: Newly released Police Dispatch audio is shedding new light on what happened inside the couple's home after an attacker broke in.
1: RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David.
0: Police calling 911 operator Heather Greaves a hero for being able to decode Mr. Pelosi's cryptic call for help.
1: Uh, see what they did there, leaving out the part where he was a friend. At least that's what they heard. On the phone call i think that's interesting absolutely no evidence i don't know we'll see how this all plays out anything else you
6: want to add chief what more can you tell us about what this alleged assailant had planned
1: well um
2: i said about as much as i can say at this point and i when the charges are filed i'm sure this evidence will come out uh if this ever and hopefully it was it will go to a jury go to a trial Evidence will come out. But at this point, again, I have said as, as much as I can say at this point.
1: Why go on television if you're not going to say anything? He's getting to his lecture. That's coming. This uh, CNN reporter did a pretty good job, by the way. What about the 911 call?
6: And don't think I'm going too far in asking this. I don't think it gives away any of your case. But how exactly were police called to the house? Was there a 911 call made or was there an alarm triggered?
2: No, there was a 911 call made. There, there was a 911 call made, and uh, that's how we got there. And 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 thank goodness that there was a 911 call made.
6: And that came from inside the house. Was was that from Mr. Pelosi specifically?
4: Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes.
1: Seem a little bit reluctant about this, just a little bit, a little bit, right? Because he called it something else the other day. He didn't say it was a 911 call. What did he call it? At approximately
2: 2.27 this morning, San Francisco police officers were dispatched to the residence of Speaker Nancy Pelosi regarding an A-priority well-being check.
1: An A-priority well-being check. I kind of. What is that? What is that exactly? I have not heard of that. I've heard of wellness checks and somebody else phones that in. They're worried about somebody if they fell down the stairs. That's what it sounded like to me. We all know what a 911 call is. There was a 911 call. You see? I mean, yes. Am I nitpicking a little bit? Um, I think it's necessary this close to an election. I'm not ruling anything out. All right, this criminal complaint, everything, and we'll go through it a little bit later. Might all be true, but the way this has been handled, it raises doubts. It raises concerns. One more.
6: Are you going to be releasing that 911 call at some point?
2: Well, not not at this point. Uh, again, you know, we we aren't releasing any evidence at
1: this point. Wait a second. No 911 call. Why not? Why not? Because just about everything that ever happens, if somebody calls 911 and there's public interest, they release the tapes.
0: For the first time, we're also hearing the 911 calls pleading for help. So,
5: was it loaded
0: with a real bullet or one?
5: I cannot tell you that. Okay. We have two injuries from a movie gun shot. Okay, we're getting them out there already, just stay on the phone
1: with me. Sometimes these are uh, tough to listen to, but it's almost standard that they are released. Please
8: hurry. A woman pleading for
7: help, her accused abductor sleeping in the same room. Does he have a weapon?
0: He's got
7: a taser. Are you injured? A little. Speaking in a whisper, the woman's fear is palpable.
0: Is there any way you can get out of
5: the building? I don't know without waking him, and I'm scared. Is there
1: a bathroom in the house? All right. You get the picture, right, about the 911 calls? We always get them. And they're not always just serious. If uh, somebody falls down the stairs at Kim Kardashian's house, they call the cops, and the 911 tape is uh, made available. How about when somebody shoots a person, especially when it's a cop? You know what they put out? usually within 12 hours, the body camera footage. Yeah. It doesn't matter if there's potentially a riot as a result. They just put it right out there. Are we going to see the body camera footage in Mr. Pelosi's case? Well, Nancy Pelosi did ask for privacy, by the way. Remember that? Yeah. On Friday morning, Nancy Pelosi asked for privacy at this time. I don't know, I I understand if there's a death in the family or there's a divorce or something happens with your kid, but not when you're the victim of a crime. I've not heard that urge. Um, One more thing on the body camera. We heard from the DA today, her name is uh, Jenkins. I guess we may not see that body camera footage.
3: Uh, When and and if will will we see the uh, body cam footage from the cops?
5: Uh, when it is made available during a court proceeding. That will not, that's the way that this works. But will it become public? If it is played in a court proceeding, it will be public then.
1: Well, it's not the way this works. This is public information now, right now. We own that. The people, not her, not Chief Scott. And they're going to sit on it? No, that's not the way this works. Back to the chief who didn't know anything, doesn't want to say anything until this point where he takes the opportunity to lecture America about what we should be saying and thinking and speaking.
2: As a society, we have to put a stop to this. Um, These 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 families aren't in office. And even if they were, nobody deserves to have a violent assault and attack because they're doing their jobs. I mean, we can all disagree. Um, we need some civility here. And I just, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's pathetic in my, in my view.
1: Pathetic. He's characterizing the national dialogue as pathetic. Now, he can't answer one damn question about the stuff he's supposed to know about that he is entitled and authorized to release. But he's going to lecture us. Lecture America about this moment. He's a cop. He's in uniform. That's not his job, but he's not done there.
6: Are these lawmakers and these candidates doing their part to stop potential political violence?
2: I don't think they're doing enough. And particularly people that are spreading this, this this poison. I don't think they're doing enough. And it needs to be called out and it needs to be stopped.
1: Stay in your lane, Chief. This is way outside your scope of responsibility. This is America. We can say, quite frankly, whatever the hell we want. Stay out of it. We don't want anybody to be hurt. But this is a big country. Things happen. And your department, your buddy over there at the DA's office, nobody has been straightforward with us. Nobody. This is weird, and you guys are responsible. If this did turn out the way uh, it's alleged, well, you have performed an immense disservice to the Pelosi family and to the community. That's on you, not us. Joe Biden got into the act, folks. Yes, Joe Biden had something to say. Guess what? He thinks we're responsible with our words. Yes, you have a concern about the 2020 election? This is on you, Joe says. This house was broken into. Nancy Pelosi wasn't there. They say it was broken into. They say that uh, Mr. Pelosi was beaten up and, uh, well, they wanted to keep him basically hostage, we're told, until Nancy Pelosi showed up. Uh, This has turned out to be an opportunity for the mainstream media and for Democrats to blame MAGA. And grab power. Oh, boy, they want power. They want to use this big time. Did you watch any of the Sunday shows? I still watch them. Nobody else does. But it's interesting because it tells you what they're all thinking and what they all want. Take a quick look.
3: Joined now by Democratic Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota. She chairs the committee that is responsible for oversight of the U.S. Capitol Police and federal elections. She has been on this topic for quite some time. Senator Klobuchar, welcome back to Meet the Press.
5: Thank you, Chuck. It's great to be back on.
3: I
1: want to point out something. Chuck Todd is her landlord. Chuck Todd owns a house in which Amy Klobuchar rents space or rents the entire house. Isn't that interesting? And they don't tell us. Incredibly arrogant. Incredibly, incredibly arrogant. Anyway, back to the matter at hand. Yes,
5: exploitation this has to end. And there are several things we can do from the security standpoint, which I'm happy to share with you. Uh, I was just Uh, going to say also about making sure we don't add more election deniers into our political system.
1: Wow. No more election deniers into our political system because she says so. Um, I have doubts about the 2020 election. I have big concerns. I can actually prove to you that many of the votes cast in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin were illegal in violation of their own constitution. Am I an election denier? This is America. We can still have these thoughts
5: and say these things. You got that? Next. We should pass the bill that makes intimidation a crime, Mm -hmm. um, a federal crime, and we should extend it to counting the ballots and certifying elections.
1: Intimidation will be a crime. Intimidation. And extend it to uh, counting ballots and... Intimidate. I'm intimidated half my life. I walk into a room. I'm intimidated. I can be. Some people tell me I'm intimidating. I don't see myself that way. We're going to make that a crime. That's totally reasonable, isn't it? Crazy. Next.
3: We got a de-escalation, obviously, challenge in front of us. There's one thing to get elected leaders to de-escalate. And then there's the issue of the social media companies that uh, make money amplifying uh, all of this. What's the bigger challenge? getting Republican leaders to de-escalate or figuring out how to get these tech companies to stop amplifying this garbage.
1: What garbage? My concerns about the 2020 election, the fairness thereof. How about this garbage that you're about to see?
8: I wanna tell you, Kavanaugh,
3: you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you.
1: Not only is this garbage, it's probably illegal. That sounds like a threat. It's already against the law to threaten somebody, yet it wasn't enforced here. Why is that? All right. But getting back to, uh, I think they want to go after big tech. And anybody who's uh, making any kind of money off the Internet?
5: I just don't think people should be making money off of passing on this stuff that's a bunch of lies. You couldn't do that on your network, Chuck. You nope, couldn't, we have you, you guys That's look right. at commercials right. and you decide if they are false or not. That is not a requirement of these companies, and we have to change the requirements on these companies. They are making money off of us, they are making money off of this violence.
1: It's amazing to me. She's just sitting there making money. He's making money (laughs) sitting there and his house is making money because she lived in it, at least at one point, paying him rent. They're all making money. And now they want to regulate the Internet. The Internet has, let's face it, it decimated so many jobs in America, Uh, manufacturing and many other jobs. The Internet took those jobs away. Some people have figured out a way to make money on the Internet. Nobody makes money off of violence. What is she talking about? But if they say it long enough and hard enough, and uh, gosh, there's nothing they won't associate with MAGA, nothing ugly.
5: When you look at what this guy was looking at, he was looking at uh, just horrendous things you don't even want to talk about on your show. He was posting anti-Semitic Tropes. He was showing memes um, that showed violence and all of this election-denying uh, pro-Trump, MAGA crowd rhetoric. Right. That's what we're dealing with here.
1: See how she conflates some things, some things that are wonderful? You could be pro-Trump. You could be MAGA. She conflates that with being anti-Semitic, which is awful and despicable. She brings the two together. How dishonest. This guy, by the way, the pape, the pop— He's no MAGA guy. <laughs> he's performing uh, nude weddings in the right outside of city hall. Uh, oh, by the way, at his house, he's got a big Black Lives Matter uh, banner and a gay pride thing out front. And you know, I've been looking at these reports about his so-called uh, social media activity. I don't think it's credible. I actually don't. They've taken down his accounts, so it's always so and so says. Or no, we don't have definitive word about who this guy actually is. i got to wrap this up.
5: It is making sure that whether you're a Democrat, Republican, or Independent, when you go cast your vote, you don't go vote for an election denier or the people that are coddling them. Um, And you don't listen to Donald Trump because he is the one that said to go wild and march down the mall.
1: Yeah, she doesn't seem to know what her role is here, a lawmaker, and doesn't seem to understand America. This is a free country, She may not like the opposition, but you can't cancel us because of this alleged incident. We don't know the details. Even if it is what they say, you can't hang it on Trump. You can't hang it on us. And that's what they're trying to do. And so not only her, this obscure lawmaker from Minnesota, but Joe Biden himself.
4: All the malarkey that's being put out there to undermine democracy. You can't just apologize and say the violence. It affects people's mentality. It affects how people think, particularly people who are not maybe as stable as other people. So the, the talk has to stop. That's the problem.
1: Talk has to stop. That message from an American president. This is anti democracy. And all this stuff, all the, the shaming they do, it has an effect. You know, I wish conservatives were united on this. They're not. Governor Sununu, right, from New Hampshire, I saw him on television. And um, watch him just give in, give in to this frenzy, this hysteria. He just gives in and gives up.
3: Do you think uh, Republicans should uh, tone down their Pelosi attack ads in this last week?
4: Well, I don't think there's any need for that. No, I, I think, yeah, I, no, I don't think there's any need for the attack heads. And, and, and again, you know, right now, all our, our, our thoughts and prayers and sympathy have to go out to Nancy Pelosi, her entire family, her husband, of course. Um, and, and again, put put all the politics aside, ignore the elections,
1: ignore the election. Don't criticize Nancy Pelosi during this time of what thoughts and prayers. Are you insane? Are you crazy? Uh, I think he, he's not crazy. What is he up to? I don't know, but I don't like it. Stay with us. Fox News. Oh, boy. I wish we could rely on them. We can't. All they like over there, with a few exceptions, is makeup and money. I'll be right back. Fake, fake news, news
7: just, just doesn't, doesn't get it, do they?
1: They And I hate to say it, but the fake news very often these days is Fox News. Oh boy, they can be very fake. Some exceptions, of course. You know, I like Mike Tucker and a handful of other guys over there, but uh, oh boy, by and large, they stink. Uh, Rush Limbaugh. He coined the phrase, the drive-by media. What a brilliant, the late, great Rush Limbaugh. Love that guy. Um, This is the drive-by media. Fox has perfected it. So we got a big election next week, right? Pennsylvania, one of the swing states. So over there on uh, the Fox News Sunday show, they they send one of their up-and-coming reporters up to Pennsylvania to tell us what it's all about. And it went a little bit like this.
6: We now go live to Rich Edson, who is on the campaign trail in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. One to watch, Rich.
4: It is Shannon, and Pennsylvania is going to have to be big enough this week for two former and one current president, Democrats and Republicans, in the general election campaign here and nationwide have been distancing themselves from their party's more unpopular presidents. Now that's becoming unavoidable. And why is he talking like
1: that? Is he trying to say, I don't know what he's saying. Biden's unpopular and Trump, but I, I, I don't know. Former president, whatever. Uh, next.
4: Fetterman is Pennsylvania. He had a stroke, he's recovering. At Tuesday's Pennsylvania Senate debate between Democratic nominee John Fetterman and Republican Mehmet Oz, Fetterman's stroke recovery was on full display.
1: You hear what he said? He said it so fast, Uh, the reporter there, these things are so compressed. He said Fetterman's stroke recovery was on full display, according to the Democrats. Here's Chuck Schumer lying, I think, to Joe Biden. Oh, it didn't hurt us so much. The most catastrophic debate performance we have ever seen in the history of debates did not hurt us very much, according to Democrats. Okay, just Fox News is going to buy that hook,
4: line and sinker. Back to the reporting, please. As Fetterman and Oz campaigned across Pennsylvania, the political heavyweights are now showing up. President Biden and Vice President Harris to a Friday night fundraiser in Philadelphia. Former President Trump this week to La Trobe, and Biden again with former President Obama in Philly and Pittsburgh next weekend. For Obama, part of a campaign to swing states nationwide.
6: Oh, that's-
4: the 44th president has campaigned for Democrats in Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin before Nevada and Pennsylvania this week. Right Republicans are also deploying their party stars. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis campaigning for Republican gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin in New York. If you want to stop what the Democrats have done to this country over the last two years, we have to elect. While Republicans tried to make this election about the president, Biden maintained it's not, and then said something both parties can agree with. It's a choice, a choice between two vastly
3: different visions of America.
4: First Lady Jill Biden is also getting involved here in Pennsylvania. Wednesday, she'll hit both ends of the state in Allentown and Pittsburgh for events. Shannon.
0: All right, Rich Edson in Pennsylvania. Thank you so
6: much.
1: Just think, he flew to Harrisburg, got a hotel room, did all that stuff to tell us what Jill Biden, her itinerary. Uh, Why go through the trouble, right? Did you notice anything else about that report? Uh, How long was it? I think we actually, it was one minute and 55 seconds. How long did they talk about Republicans? Get this, 21 seconds. Remember, Donald Trump is in the Trump. Barack Obama will be pitting... (laughs) Oh, gosh. Roger Rails. He created that place. What has it become? Stay with us. Uh, Oh, Joe Pinion. I think he beat Chuck Schumer last night in a debate. Uh, Joe Pinion is a Republican nominee for United States senator from New York, and he could very well beat Chuck Schumer. It's a long shot, but if he does it, it will be the victory of the century Uh, in terms of senatorial stuff. I'll be right back. So uh, a debate last night between Joe Pinion, the Republican nominee for U.S. Senate, against Senator Chuck Schumer. And uh, look, I'll be honest, I was rooting for Joe, and I have been for a long time. Joe used to work here at Newsmax, and he has been doing a great job out there on the campaign trail. Joe, I think you totally crushed it last night. Welcome back to Newsmax. How are you? How did it feel? How do you feel about your performance?
8: I feel pretty good. I think that we were able to let the people of New York know that the time for change has come, that after 24 years in the Senate, 42 years in Congress, uh, Chuck Schumer has no new ideas, and the old ideas have left America in a ditch.
1: All right. Well, look, you uh, called him out on some... uh, critical things. And you're the first person I've seen do this, that crazy stuff he said about Kavanaugh. You let him have it. Let's take a look.
8: I would simply
1: note there's only
8: one person on this stage whose rhetoric has quite literally driven an American to the doorstep of a Supreme Court justice to kill him. Uh, That was Chuck Schumer. Do you feel as if that was responsible? And do you apologize to Justice Kavanaugh? I have never advocated violence in any way, never have, never do, never will. The words I used that day were probably the wrong choice of words, and uh, I said that then and say it now.
1: Would not apologize for those horrible words that probably could have gotten him arrested. Hey, look, you were up there in the same room with him. I saw you on the TV screen. You were definitely scoring points. Did he look at all nervous? And what was it like at the end when you shake hands? Did he realize that you, you know, you landed some serious punches?
8: Look, he was quite cordial at the end. And if I'm just being brutally honest, I saw a man who has been in politics his whole life, wants out but doesn't know how to get out the game. And so I think for us, the chance is now for New Yorkers, for Americans to say that we will no longer accept politicians that trample on our God-given rights and liberties. We will no longer accept politicians uh, who pass legislation they know violates our laws. Just on that stage, he said he wanted to pack the Supreme Court. He left the door open for jabbing the children he left the door open for effectively getting rid of all the institutions that we think are important the filibuster uh the, uh the all the things that we know keep this country together
1: uh this was another great moment you talking about crime he has dodged ducked uh very little of the show for all those decades of service do me a favor opinion on crime Sot two.
8: We are here to unite this nation. We are here to unite this state. We are here to tell the untold story of pain and suffering in this state that has occurred on his watch. The crime that has gripped this state, 12 major cities hit all-time highs for homicide. That's always part of this lack of accountability for the lawlessness that is all across this country because our leaders have not taken that scourge.
1: All right, we had to cut it off for some reason, but you were terrific. All right, so look, you got a week from tomorrow. JOE. What's next? This is a big state. How many people live here anyway? What, 20 million or something like that?
8: 19 million and shrinking that called this state home, that have watched Syracuse, New York, become the epicenter for child poverty in the nation, that has watched Rochester, New York, become an epicenter for murder, uh, more murder per capita than Chicago, Illinois, uh, more uh, police officers who are being assaulted, uh, more teachers who are being forced to teach our children yeah. about ungodly things, uh, more schools that are failing to teach our children how to read. Uh, these are the hallmarks of failure This is not the actual hallmarks of success. Chuck Schumer has failed this state by every measure. We are worse off today than we were when we sent him down to the United States Senate 24 years ago, and so we just have to get the word out. People are ready to leap. New York State is ready to turn red. We just have to let enough people know that they have an opportunity on November 8th to send Charles Ellis Schumer to the retirement home of politics once and for all. All
1: right. That sounds good to me. Joe Pinion, check out JoePinion.com and follow him On Twitter at Joseph Pinion. Excellent job to be continued.
8: Thanks, Joe. Absolutely. God bless you, my friend. This is the year we break the back of one party, real folks. uh, We have to get that Senate Majority Leader, not just to the minority, but out of politics.
1: Wonderful. Thanks, pal. We'll be right back. All right, well, the authorities have finally organized their case. They say they have a stack of evidence that shows that Mr. DePape broke into that house, tried to, um, well, tie up Paul Pelosi in an effort to, uh, well, ultimately lure Nancy there, where he attempted to question her and then break her kneecaps. Um, DePape is in custody. He's due in court tomorrow. However, we pointed out earlier in the show, there are some bizarre aspects of this case, how law enforcement has handled it, what they said about it from the very early stages. And quite frankly, I think there are some um, odd aspects of this criminal complaint. But we're going to bring in the expert, Joe DiGenova, former U.S. attorney for Washington, D.C., and Newsmax contributor. Joe, uh, great to see you and to talk about this case overall. What are your thoughts about what happened in San Francisco and where this case is now? Well, obviously,
7: it was, an, it, it was a terrible assault because Mr. Pelosi had to be hospitalized, and we're delighted that he's making a recovery. But after that, I, a whole series of questions arise about the security at the Pelosi residence. Uh, if, if we are to believe the account in the federal complaint that was filed Paul Pelosi went to sleep and they don't have an alarm system turned on in the house. This guy breaks into the house while Pelosi is asleep and ends up in Pelosi's bedroom with a hammer. No alarm goes off. And the only way that people find out about this is that Pelosi gets into the bathroom and dials 911 and makes some bizarre call about being there with a friend. Uh, We're not sure about that. But all all in all, it's a very strange set of facts. And uh, about the only good thing you can say is that, thank God, he wasn't more seriously injured. So
1: one thing that leapt out at me right away, and maybe I'm nitpicking, but Nancy Pelosi, early Friday morning, puts out a statement saying what she said happened and then asked for privacy at this time. That, quite frankly, just seemed odd to me. Uh, You know, you ask for privacy. When there's a divorce, you know, when your kid gets into trouble. Um, But according to their narrative, you know, Paul Pelosi didn't do anything wrong. Uh, They said he was going to make a full recovery that I found that odd. And let me go into the criminal complaint. If you don't mind, put up the first uh, graphic. I am. I am a special agent with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. She's been an agent since 2019. The person who wrote this up, Stephanie Miner is her name. And she's been an FBI agent since, uh, well, just three years ago. Uh, that seems very, very green to me. Is that non-standard? Is that standard? Is, uh, should I be making a big deal out of this or not? I read the affidavit and I
7: thought it was poorly drafted. I thought it was pedestrian. Uh, there was some grammatical errors in it. Uh, it seemed to have been uh, sloppily thrown together. Uh, It didn't seem very professional. And in fact, it didn't even seem like the affidavit of an FBI agent. Uh, It had a junior league quality to it uh, that did not seem to be significant in in any any aspect of it. It just had a very strange feeling about it. It just it wasn't important enough for the subject matter. But, you know, it gets the
1: job done for purposes of an affidavit. I got to show you this. Show you. This is one of the very odd things and junior person, whatever. But uh, page three, when the door was open, Pelosi and De Pape were both holding a hammer with one hand. And De Pape had his other hand holding onto Pelosi's forearm. And then next, Pelosi greeted the officers. Uh, I just can't. It was an odd word. Greet, Hello. Welcome to my house. Uh, I... I, it's hard to put your hands around. your
7: suspicions are, are are warranted for the simple reason that they didn't make this sound as important as they would like everybody to believe it is. So I want to know more. I want to know why there wasn't an alarm on.
1: All right, pal. I appreciate it so much. Joe de u s. attorney former in washington d c yet he did not fall victim to the swamp. We love it <laughs> to be continued, and we'll be right back.
3: It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people.
1: Hey, thank you so much. Uh, Stay with us. Spread the word. And I'll see you tomorrow night.